Find yourself in the Beachview area of Pittsburgh? Check out the official pizza of this show, Slice on Broadway, sharing an abnormal obsession with pizza we can relate to. Check them out at SliceOnBroadway.com and tell them this show sent you. Guys, it's the Awesome Cast back in the studio, back again from the studio in Pittsburgh, PA. I'm uh, Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on the Twitter, ready to get geeky, get Apple-y, I think for the most part today. Uh, joining me back in the studio on the couch is John Chichilla at Chilla on the Twitters. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you? All right, all right. And also join us from somewhere in the mountains at an undisclosed Dunkin' Donuts with Smash Mouth playing in the background is AJ at AJ Coptic on the uh, Twitters. Is he here? Is he here? He's half giggling and, and he's laughing at something. I, I'm, I can hear you. I'm okay. Here. He's here. Uh, I'm half giggling. I, that's a lovely picture of myself. But... <laughs> um, yeah, I, it, we're going to try this. It, it's, I'm, here's the funny part. I'm the only one on the Wi-Fi. Just me. <laughs> and it's, it's bad. And we're on the Go. line with AJ. He's, uh, it didn't work out too well, but that's all right. We got you. We got this awesome representative picture of you right now, and we have you on the phone. Yes, I'm on the phone. Uh, I feel like I'm uh, an old-timey news correspondent of some kind. That is a great picture. That's not an epic picture. That's my professional picture that's on my email for work. So. <laughs> hey, you're happy. That's it's a I'm very kidding. happy picture. Yes, I am a happy person. Yeah. So we're we're gonna make this work, and it's it's year. I think this is now year three of us talking about things. Yes, it is. Uh, well, uh, we just had the two hundredth anniversary. Worldwide Two hundredth episode uh, last week. Actually, we started in twenty ten. So WWDC would have just passed in that year. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways, no, yeah, it might have actually just yeah, it, it just happened, mm-hmm. and you and Crappy talked about it mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. I was in episode three. Yes. Um, of course, this is the Awesome Cast. Uh, we are recorded here live, more or less, Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time at live.sorgatronmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter, at Awesome Cast. Uh, you can also find Awesome Cast on uh, the Facebook, the Google+. Plus. Uh, hit us an email at awesomecast.sorgatronmedia.com. Or find us on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Spreaker. And uh, make sure to like us, comment us, follow us, subscribe to us, uh, whatever on there to uh, let us give some feedback, let our people know about the show if you're digging it uh, as we talk about tech from the perspective of people in Pittsburgh or wherever the heck AJ might be uh, up in the mountains or something uh, uh, this I'm, evening. I am always, my heart is always in Pittsburgh. Exactly, exactly. That's all that matters. So I, uh, the big thing, I think it might be the only thing we talk about, but of course the big WWDC, we talked OS X 10, iOS 8, and a, a few other kind of fun things. Um, do we want us to get started with the, uh, uh, the, I guess let's start with OS X? Yeah, um, let's, let's start there. So OS 10 hitting the 10th version, actually, this is uh, 10.10. Uh, I noticed that they did not mention the version number uh, in any way, shape, or form. They kept calling it Yosemite because that's the marketed name of it. Um, the uh, If you actually go back in time, they used to always call it 10.0, 10.1, 10.2, 10.3, 10.4, 10.5, so on and so forth, up until um, 
think buying was the last time they stopped mentioning the version number. Um, and that's when they actually started using the, the large cat code names as the marketing material. And now they have, they've switched over to the California names and now they have, uh, they're using Yosemite, uh, which is a, a big, wonderful park in central California, northern California. I don't, geography hurts sometimes. But, um, They've basically said, all right, well, we have iOS and we have OS X, so let's, let's make them do things together and be really cool together. Uh, I haven't been this excited for an OS X release since Leopard. Wow. Maybe. Um, it is, uh, it's, you're starting to see the convergence. Um, iOS is still iOS. OS X is still OS X, but you have... Um, you have things coming together like continuity where you start writing an email on your phone you realize you're sitting in front of your laptop which I do like a lot and you say well I'm going to pick that up over there and you open up mail and there's the draft sitting there and you open it up and it's right where you left it and you can type on a full keyboard on a full laptop or you uh, have it on you have like a web page up on your iPad or on your laptop and you say you want to show it to somebody you move it over your ipad you can hand the ipad to somebody um you can kind of you can kind of do that today i i I do that a lot from from my ipad to to my phone to my what do you use an icloud yeah there's a tab yeah icloud tabs okay so or google chrome think tabs yeah, and it sounds like it sounds like they're doing this um, more in line because you're working. It, it senses that your phone is nearby, and you get a little icon in the corner mm-hmm. that'll sync it up. Versus waiting like and now I, I've had things work on iCloud uh, through some teleprompter software that I've used, and it took a while to be like, okay, is it over there yet? Okay, is it over there yet? Have we synced yet? Have we synced yet? This is more right. It seems like it's more intuitive. magic. Yeah, more magic, more more of that Apple magic uh, being worked in there. And and what's really going to be interesting is as there's a lot of reports coming out. Obviously, we're in day two of WWDC. Mm-hmm. There's someone I added to the show notes about AirPlay on iOS eight no longer needs a network to stream your media. Really? Yeah. So yeah, it's peer to peer. So you just walk into a room and uh, with an Apple TV, and you pull up your phone, your iPad, or your Mac, and it just, it it detects that the Apple TV is there. And then just shows up, and you can connect to it. And huh. it kind of it kind of works in the same way that the um, conference room mode works for Apple TV, mm-hmm. um, where you have like a you can connect if you're on the Wi-Fi and you connect to it. You can't just automatically start mirroring. There's like a code you have to put in from the TV. Um, and just in the interest of full disclosure, my company has Apple TVs in every single conference room we have. We have like ten across three or four offices. Um, precisely for this reason. We have TVs and Apple TV because most of us carry Macs and if you don't, there are Windows versions uh, that can work with AirPlay, which is kind of cool. Uh, and it's, it, I mean, it's just an easier way to, to, to show things on a TV than, uh, oh, hey, here's uh, here's a cable and then you hook it up and then you have to play the keyboard dance game. By the way, Windows P. If you have Windows 7 or newer, Windows P, for the love of God, learn that command. If you work in any sort of place where you have to go into a conference room, even remotely occasionally, learn that command, that command stroke. Um, but I, I wonder if that'll, that this peer-to-peer will also come to the continuity. 
So I like if I'm working on a photo I, I and I want to I want to throw it over a draft of a, of an offline email. Say I'm on an airplane. I wonder if that same feature functionality kind of working in an offline mode will work. I imagine that it would, um, because it's if you, I think it's actually using Bluetooth in order to make that connection because it's using it to do the connection from uh, your phone to your Mac to do all the phone calls and text messages. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's exactly how it goes. That's how it has to work in order for the headset mode to work. So it's using Bluetooth at some point. Um, but I, 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 I'm not entirely sure. I have not installed iOS 8. Uh, I've come to rely far too heavily on my phone for work things now. So I can't have it break on me like it did with Beta 2 last year where my phone would just randomly shut off and wouldn't ring. Like I would just get missed calls. I was just looking at my phone. I was like, I didn't hear that ring. And I would look at my wife and I go, did you hear the phone ring? She's like, no, is it on vibrate? And I would look at her and go, no. And so I would just have these missed calls. And they didn't fix it until beta 3. So yeah, I, I had my I, I had my time with like iOS 5 or 6, I think. I, I tried that out and realized it's just too unreliable. I have I have the beta on my iPad, not on my iPhone. Something that's not you don't have to depend on. Yeah, something that's the not biggest thing. A phone call on. And I think that's where I think that's also where a lot of people. Um, and Chilla, can you pull the microphone a little more towards you? Uh, the mm -hmm, lo lo logo towards you. I, mean, I didn't realize I checked that. Um, but no, like, and I think it's where a lot of people get in trouble with their Android devices too. That that tinker a bit. Um, that they put the experimental ROM on their like primary I need to get phone calls on this phone version you know um, and yeah you don't it, it, and even like they announced the public beta this is something they've been doing for a while um, but they, they said you can get in a public beta here in the midsummer uh, for OS 10 OS X 10 um, but it but and, and and you know shows that I listen to are very adamant they're like do not do this on a machine that you are using you know I got a spare laptop yeah, it, sure but it's it's I mean this is a kind of an, it's an extension of the developer program yeah um, and they've I mean the developer pro there's a lot of people who have developer programs because they want access to the public data or to the beta like uh, John Syracuse writes a very, 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 very long OS 10 review, um, like in the order of magnitude of like 50 to 75 pages. It is incredibly intense. If you ever want to learn something about OS 10, go read his reviews. Um, but he uh, he pays $100 a year for the Mac developer program to get access to the data so that he can write these reviews so that he has it ready for the day that it comes out. Um, but if, it's it's a um, if if you're like in the he said, he's like I'm gonna keep it he said I'm gonna keep it I'm gonna keep my he actually mentioned this. He's like I'm gonna keep my 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 developer program because I like having access to everything he's like because I do code as well but he's like if I didn't and I was just writing these reviews I would be in that program so fast and save myself a hundred dollars a year um, I really like this program I like the fact and I like the way that they pitched it. Um, from a an actual uh, uh, presentation standpoint, they approached this really and said, "We want you to help us make this better." AKA, we need more people to find more bugs because we don't want to have bugs come out like the Gmail bug with Mavericks, where like, the very first release basically couldn't connect to Gmail. Um, that was a problem, 
and then the uh, the second release uh, fixed it. And actually, I still I have 1093 on my laptop, and I cannot connect it. Gmail mail dot Apple not remember my Gmail password for the life of it. Um, so I stopped. I, I actually went to a program called Air to, called Airmail because of that, and I think that's what they want to avoid. They want to avoid people not using their products uh, because of bugs on day one. So I, I, I applaud them for this. I think it's pretty awesome. I don't know how many people should take them up on it. I may I may bite and uh, throw it on like a VM. Um, by the way, uh, legally, kids, you must have a Mac in order to run OS 10 virtually. That's a legal thing in the EULA. Um, hmm. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, most people don't know that. You and I might throw it on Windows. If it's a if this Google's is your friend, you won't do. If the system requirements uh, kind of hold for it, like I have an old iMac down here, we just use for. Uh, Google Hangouts and stuff, and then displaying stuff. Could it load know. Mavericks? Uh, uh, yeah, I can. It, then it, then it'll it, load. It shouldn't be a problem. They said anything that, that anything that Mavericks would run on, this will run on. So you should be good. And I'm not running anything vital, vital on it, and I'm actually dual booting XP if anything goes south with the beta. You, so. you you had the seed program up there, which is separate yes. from the developer program. They're yes. accepting the first million applicants, so you'll want to at already least, signed oh, up. Already signed now up. this is this is the open beta, like the public <laughs> beta. <laughs> Which program, isn't available right? at the same time, so I, I have a feeling you'll get probably into the deeper into the betas as they come out. Okay. And then the other thing that I really like that Apple did recently is Apple has an enterprise um, program you can get into. It's called, uh, well, I'm on the iOS for IT Professionals program, so I don't have to have a developer program. Um, I worked with Apple to get my, my per it's actually my personal um, iTunes account. So you're, not, so you're not even connected through work. Right. Okay. But I don't have to pay for the developer program. But the only thing I have access to is iOS beta seeds. And anything that they might that might have to do with them. So like I had access for a while to IO or for to Mac OS server edition, because there was some stuff in iOS that they wanted to test explicitly with server. I get Apple configurator ahead of time. Um, but that program works out pretty well. Um, Which makes sense like because you do need to test that stuff with, mm -hmm. all, with, with the applications you use in a large company. So right. um, yeah, it's good. It's good. That, it's good to see. It, it sounds like cause there, there was even a, a, a little bit of talk uh, about enterprise uh, during the keynote. He says, "And we're going to talk about enterprise that you didn't expect that." Yeah. Uh, and it sounds like they've been playing nicer a little bit with you guys. Yeah, they, they have been playing nicer, and it was interesting because we actually, unfortunately, I didn't get to, to make it all the way through to the beginning of the Slice episode, episode 200. Sorry. Uh, no, that's not your fault. Oh, that was um, my fault. Well, and, I, well, and I, I should have allotted more time for myself. But uh, Apple came in and spoke to us, and they said, you know, they, they touted it as they were going to give away some information that was going to be given away at WWDC. They, they, they brushed on the, the topics. Interesting thing that I'm looking for and they're supposed to be sending me over is some of the back-end stuff that wasn't I think there's a lot more that was not announced at the keynote, mm -hmm. but is covered in session. Yeah, um, that's so, usually the case. One of the cool things that they're doing for enterprise is, is and they talked about it is I can now order a device Ship it to its wherever it's ending up. They take it out of the box log in and boom It's it's configured and if they wipe the device, when it wipes and restarts, it will actually go back to our defaults, not Apple's defaults. Well, that's nice. So yeah, it is. <clears throat> they're 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 working. They seem to be working a lot with the enterprise, and I'm 
we actually have them coming back in for a week. Um, so I'm hoping to learn a lot uh, towards the end of June. Nice, nice. But but oh, uh, on a side note, it one of the the couple things that he, I I can't tell if he slipped at slipped about or or whatnot, but he actually kept using the words iBook, and in tandem with talking about um, and he couldn't give me names of companies, of course, but talking about a large pharmaceutical company that just replaced seventy percent of their PCs and laptops with um, iPads. Hmm. So I wonder, there was that, there was a blurb I think I sent out, I think, I can't remember if it was from ZDNet or whatever, I think you retweeted about it. About them bringing back the iBook. About them bringing back the iBook yeah. and it being an ARM-powered kind of Chromebook yeah. experience. I feel like they wouldn't because the iBook is, seems like it'd be confused with their, their bookstore. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's not just that, it's the fact that if you had... The problem here is that if they put a large pharmaceutical company and replace a whole bunch of things with it, somebody's going to catch on. Somebody's going to know, and that's going to slip, and they're going that's going to leak, and they don't want to do that. No, no, no. He if wasn't saying it, he wasn't saying that that's what they used. But no. like it was, it, he was talking about announcements at upcoming Apple things, and he he, he used the word iBook, or yeah, he used the word iBook. And then, and then, probably ten minutes later, we were talking about use cases, and he went into how they act, they actually replaced with iPad Airs. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm not buying. Uh, he could have slipped. He could have said iBook and then iPad. Yeah. I'm I'm not buying it. Uh, honestly, I, I, but iBook from a, a it's just like sort of said, it's going to confuse you with the bookstore, um, and for a number of reasons. I don't doubt that they have an ARM-based MacBook somewhere in there. Um, I'm sure that if it were to happen, you would have a very salty uh, Intel um, because Intel's been pushing their Broadwell chips and a lot of their uh, low-voltage ones. In fact, they just came out with a Windows 8.1 Pro tablet that's thinner than an iPad Air. Um, like yesterday, like it got lost so hard in the shuffle because Apple went so hard with uh, WWDC, but it was just really interesting to see the, um, the, 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 they're trying, they want it. They want that, that market because they know that ARM basically ate their lunch in mobile and uh, they would love to get into that and they can't right now. Um, mostly because the, like every device, all the mobile OSs are all built for ARM. They're not built for x86. So um, I'm interested to see where they go with that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, there's the, the, they had a lot of different things, like the, uh, the brand new programming language, yeah. which looks really, really simple. And they have three books in the iBook store that you can get and you can read and learn the programming language. And somebody's already ported Flatbird from the from Objective C, which is the current programming language of iOS, over to over to Swift, and it took them like a day to do it. Which which um, which going back like like uh, I didn't know this. Objective C is apparently rooted all the way back to the next days. Yes, the next OS days, yep. which is what became mm -hmm. Mac OS. So mm -hmm. I mean that's a nice like that is a fifteen year old uh, program language, and they just uh, uh, kind of booted it for this. So, 20, I mean, 20 years plus, my friend. Wow. 20. 
Yeah, and there, um, there, there's um, some. There's going to be, I think, some. So I think Swift's going to be used in a lot, and they can use, be used together. Mm -hmm. I think there's some things that they were. They, I was hearing about that. That is not available in Swift that you can use still in Objective C. Okay. I think Swift is going to be your quick and easy way to do a lot of implementations and, and get a lot of people involved. And then as you want to be able to do more, either they're going to have to ex expand the Swift language or move portions of the code Swift this far but and then still, put some Objective it, it, C in it there. It lowers the barrier right. to get in. It, it sounds like it sounds like this is a kind of language that that people are like, you know, people new to programming or programming on a platform like this will be able to get into a lot easier. I'm, I'm going to put this out there. Swift, this is this is the repeat. Uh, and this is about to get kind of nerdy here. Um, this is the repeat of the carbon and cocoa. Uh, maneuver. So when they went to OS 10, uh, apps used to apps on Mac OS 9 or in the classic emulator called Rosetta, and then uh, OS 10 apps ran with a, a new programming language called Carbon, and then Carbon kind of hit a ceiling, and so apps needed to be moved over to Cocoa, and once apps were moved over to Cocoa, they've been there since then. Um, I think Swift kind of. In, in Carbon and Cocoa apps, you could use Carbon and Cocoa at the same time, and then Carbon kind of got deprecated as Cocoa got more things. I could see Swift picking up all of the new stuff in Objective-C kind of falling behind. Um, it's going to take, I'll say, two years, three years before they put the, put the, the, the covers over uh, uh, Objective-C. But they, I, I see Swift being the new, the new hotness. Um, this is Apple's home. It's Apple's homegrown language. They're going to start it on iOS. I would not be surprised to see it make the jump over to Mac OS 10 probably next year. Um, I thought you can code. I thought you can code in Swift now for for 10.10. I thought it was only iOS. I I could be entirely wrong on that. But I, 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 it think it's, I think it's I think it's I think it's across the platform. I think it's because it's, it's compatible with Objective C. Yeah, I'll no, run the, the same kernel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, from what I saw... Not a programming expert by any means, but... Um, well, let's bring right, it... We're not, we're not coding experts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's bring it down a little bit. Uh, I, iCloud Drive uh, looks like it's eating Dropbox lunch and competing with, with uh, Google Drive. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and hand them $40. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and just give me 200 gigs and here's all of my pictures, and here's iCloud Drive, and I never have to touch them again. And I really hope that the way that iCloud Drive works is that it doesn't actually sync anything. Yeah. I don't want it to sync to my laptop. I want I want links that when I double-click it, it goes out to well, iCloud and it kinda, pulls that picture down. It kind of needs to, because if we're all getting uh, iPhones and, and MacBook Airs, there's no way you can sync yeah, all that stuff down to the It's supposed to be device. a stream. It's all a stream. Okay. That makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. And, and so... So, that, that to me is amazing, and I want that. I want that so very badly because I have. I mean, right now my my wife's laptop has, uh, I'd say, fifty gigs of pictures on it. Yeah, and I'm seeing that. When you're I'm, a kid, you start. Go ahead. You start taking a lot of pictures I, when you have. You start taking a lot of pictures when you have a kid. So it has my pictures and her pictures, and photo stream is. I think my photo, the oldest picture of my photo stream is maybe three weeks to a month. Wow. Old. I mean, you wow. just take a lot of pictures. I mean, you just take 
I take a lot of pictures. I have seven and a half gigs on my phone. I know she has 10 to 12 on her phone of just pictures, not music, not videos, pictures. And so unlimited photo stream that's streamed to all of my Macs, because she has a MacBook, I have a MacBook, and then I have a Mac Hackintosh desktop. She has an iPhone, I have an iPhone. If it streams to all of our devices that way and it's unlimited, Apple just hears my money. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So so when I opened up uh, photos for the first time on the the, the iPad, I have my photo stream, and where the photo stream used to look like it's... It sunk, and I could I could crop a photo, and I could do a few minor tweaks to it. Yeah. I now have to save it to the camera roll. Oh. To work with it. Interesting. So, I thought you I thought you had to do that before because I I wanted to like edit pictures, and it's always like, no, you need to save this first. I'm like, oh, okay, and I save it to my camera roll, and I do some things with it, and then I save it. I'm I would be I imagine that that's going to change. Now I can open it. I imagine that's going to change, and then you get non-destructive edits. Right. But because that's the big thing too that they talk about is the non-destructive edits between applications. So I can throw I can throw a a photo in in Snapseed, and it's a non-destructive edit back to the. And and hopefully this also. Hopefully it's also smart enough that it doesn't fill your phone. Because I've had people where they they're like, oh, I just kept taking pictures. I'm like, I thought everything's in photo stream. I was like, yeah, but it's still on your phone. And I have to like, okay, you need to go plug in your c- computer, offload it, and then delete all the photos from there. I hope this like smartly says, okay, we have X amount of photos. Let's start deleting these since we know they're in the, in the cloud. And it just does it on its own. And the, and the iPhoto app yep. no longer works. Really, iPhoto gives you throws a prompt. Yeah, says, it kicks you back over to photo to photos. Yeah, iPhoto yeah. projects have moved. You can edit and organize your photos in the Photos app. Yep, yep, and that's what it looks like. Um, it looks like it's going to replace iPhotos with this version. Now, so what's going to happen? Because I've been backing my stuff up in iPhoto for a while. So I think this is going to. I, so, so I, am I like going to be now required to get like i i drive i uh, in order to do this no it'll it'll look local on the device too okay i think i think when you saw that when you saw going back to mac os x 10 10 yosemite whatever i think you're gonna see iphoto just be replaced with photos okay and uh, all that capability my hundred gigabyte plus iphoto library so i've been putting photos in here since i first had an iphone just 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 like um any of the other garage band and anything updates iMovie updates the database and moves yeah. all your, removes your files all around when you when you update the app yeah um, yeah I don't I don't see it being any different so uh, but it, it's kind of cool uh, what the, what they're doing with it. it looks like and a lot of their editing tools look like they're they're pushing forward uh, on the phone as we move more towards the iOS uh, 8 kind of talk here um, Notifications, you get widgets and notifications now. People are excited about that. Which you also get on Mac OS. Which you you are you are definitely getting those on OS? Yeah. Mac OS and iOS are getting widgets in the notification panel. Nice. And the nice. notification panel is like if you're if you're familiar with OS X and its notification panel that you have today, it's now doubled and it actually has the today panel out of iOS and your regular notification panel that you're familiar with side by side. side by side. And I think I, I have a feeling you're going to see them get rid of the dashboard. 
all your dashboard widgets are going to fall into... Well, they they haven't touched the stuff. dashboard in a while. But if that, that moves over there, that's fine with me. They haven't, but a lot of people still build widgets for the dashboard. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. that I mean, was there's still... a whole lot. There's a whole library of, of widgets that are still curated out on Apple. It would be nice if they just kind of ported over, and that those those can now just go in into your notification instead. But and, and I think that's their attack on Google now. Yeah, I can see it. Because the widgets yeah. come out of the app. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's and the other cool I mean, thing. it's a. Go ahead. I mean, it's a, it, I, it's. I really like the idea. I'm interested to see what people do with it. I'm interested to see if people actually, if developers actually build real widgets or if they just build like random things. I'm interested to see what you can do with it, like how interactive are those widgets. Like he was like, I bid on some things on eBay and I can see sports scores, but I'm interested to see like, does TweetBot have the ability to send a new tweet right there or like interactive reply, interactive notifications and having interactive replies to tweets is going to be awesome. The, the ability to quick reply to a text message is awesome. Um, and also, somebody tweeted, there's somebody posted or wrote, blogged about this earlier, but it seemed like all of the things that they fixed today, or not today, but they fixed in iOS are a lot of the big jailbreak tweaks. Like, here's quick reply notifications, here's interactive widgets, here's a voice activated Siri, and it's just like, here's all of the things that you would jailbreak your phone for. Now you don't have a reason to jailbreak. Yep. And I'm sure that people will, but it's nowhere near that but this has happened for a while um, it, it seems like every time one of these come up it's like well there's there's another reason and there's another reason last tech tacked off from needing to jailbreak uh there was a certain point where i was like okay they're doing x y and z why do i need to jailbreak anymore why am i even interested in doing that um and also taking a lot of ideas out of other apps you know uh, uh, a lot of the whatsapp features kind of popped mm -hmm. up in here uh with the voice and the video in line uh messaging i know uh, i told uh we, we watched a real quick source but it's like catch missy up with the features that are that are updated and she saw that you can uh, uh uh check out of a group text and she's like thank you i've needed that forever one of the, one of the really cool things that i that i didn't and i i was in and out from my desk so i didn't get to see it in its entirety but if you go into an iMessage now, there's actually in the upper right-hand corner, there's a details. Yeah. And it actually gives you a photo stream of all of the photos that that were included in the in the text thread, which oh. I really like. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, I know this person sent me a photo, but it was like months ago. So I'm like uh, scrolling down, load earlier, scrolling down, load earlier. Now they all just come up. And, and for those of you at home, I don't know how easily you can see this. They all come up in a giant stream. Hmm. Um, in the in, in in the details, the other thing that's pretty interesting is you can do not disturb a single a single thread. Nice. So you, you're not leaving the thread, but it's not prompting you saying, "Hey, these people are talking." And you can check in on later at your leisure. And, and and interestingly enough, and I know people probably won't really care about this, but I find myself a lot of times being like. I can't figure out how to get where you're at, where's your house, or where's this, or where's that. Or I, I can remember the one time when I was going to Sangria Fest, and I'm like, I cannot find this place. There is now send my location. And it sends the, yep. uh, the coordinates and a pin drop of where that person physically is, and then you can then inter interact with maps. And I feel like you could do that a little bit with 
maps, but you're saying this is part of it's part it's, of messaging. Now. It's right into messaging. Now it's, I know messaging yeah, that the the, right the, the family map and everything features are all mm -hmm. built right into your contacts and your messaging. Right. Which is kind of nice. Well, that's I think that, that I mean, my 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 whole problem with this though. And somebody mentioned this the other day, and again, these are I'm quoting people who I can't remember their names, but they specifically said all of this stuff that they're doing uh, between Apple's doing all this, and then Google's going to have Google I/O at the end of the month, and they're going to have a whole bunch of things too. And the problem is, is that it's all inside of their own ecosystem. Nobody, in any way, shape, or form, are trying to connect them. None. There's not an inkling that Apple's going to let that Apple's going to let this out, or that Google's going to let their stuff out. They're just different. And the problem is, is that while this is all really cool, I can share my location. Well, like half my friends have Android phones. I can't share with them. Right. Like it's really cool if you live in San Francisco and you work at Apple. Like it's a really great system. Um, like my wife and I have it, but she's been using Find My iPhone on me for years. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to text me while I'm driving, and I drive a lot. Yeah. And so she's like, I'm just not even going to bother, and I'm going to go ahead and I'll just use Find My iPhone to figure out where you are and how, how far away you are and whether or not I should, you know, wait up for you or you're going to be home later. Um, but it's like all of these things are all internal to them. Nobody's playing with each other. Everybody's like, this is my box, and no one shall see what's in my box. And I... While it's happy and wonderful for people who are uh, big, heavy Apple users, is, is, there's no cross-platform action happening here, and that's kind of disheartening. Well, there is a little bit though. Um, there, there is a little bit though, AJ, because I mean, they they did say like iCloud is going to port over to PC. Um, like, what, what else was it? Messages that they said. Messages now work. So messages now work cross with continuity with. S regular SMS, not just iMessage. Okay. So I can respond right. to an that, SMS message from my MacBook. Okay. Okay. But there was the something phone. else I thought that was PC as well. But but you're saying for all these but like no, like messaging ideas. None of none of these things involve Android. Yes. None. Not one of them. And the only thing that even remotely sort of involves them is SMS, and that's actually just using. It's just a control from your laptop to the phone. The phone's still sending the message, not your laptop. Right. But, but so it's, well, they're playing with know, Microsoft sort of now. Yeah, they are. They, the Bing is Bing is the search engine that's powering all the new uh, Siri and Spotlight search stuff. Well, and Weather's no longer Yahoo. It's now the Weather Channel. Hmm. So they're they're kind of moving oh. their alignments and organizations around. Right, and it's it's in, like to me, it's just a. a, a a really interesting way to go about it just because you have hey uh the, the friend the enemy of my enemy is my friend that's kind of how this is working here it's like mm -hmm. i'm sure that apple and microsoft enjoy playing together now because microsoft has actually gotten better at cloud services so they can play with azure um to the point where even the biggest um that's like the biggest one of the bigger app developers not app developers but like one of the bigger guys in, in apple blogged him, John Gruber, his app Vesper uses Azure on the back end. And he's in a video from Microsoft saying how easy it was to deploy everything. And everybody's like, wait a minute, you did this with Microsoft? And he's like, yeah, I wouldn't do it with Google. Why would I do that? I mean, that's, it's it's just really interesting to see that now. But I mean, that's... Well, I think that's where that's, they... That, I mean, there's... 
there was a big middle finger in the entire presentation here to Google. Oh, is really what it came all down over the to. place. All over the place. Well, and I, I think that's where they're leaving it to third-party developers. If you want to develop something that, if you want to develop something that's cross-platform, if you want to be WhatsApp or if you want to be whatever, more power to you. Go develop it. If you want to, if you want to be in our sandbox, then you're in our sandbox. And and that's where I think right. they, they got to be careful how much they do because they're really going to start overstepping with 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 the developers that have all the cross-platform pieces um well i mean things like whatsapp those are those end up becoming giant companies to get bought those are the they, apple's not worried about them but it's not because they can't it's just too they're too big to worry about as silly as that sounds um well i mean like google's making all their services cross-platform yeah, their service is cross-platform, but their service is also based on SMS, not actual like web messaging. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I thought they were going to want that. A lot of that Hangout. Hangout is kind of mixing the mixing the that too, though. Yeah, a lot of the SMS is yeah, now. I mean, hang... and, and the nice thing, the nice thing is though, like, yeah, these are all internal, and it's all nice if you all have iPhones and everything. But you can completely Googleify your iPhone too. So, yeah. I mean, it's nice that it's opened up. You don't have to use these internal things that, that Apple's using, but it's really nice if everybody is, isn't it? And that really helps with the buy-in yeah, when you have, like, like, oh, the whole family uses it. You know, I'd still rather my whole family use an iPhone rather than anything else because of these nice features, you know? So, so as the tech right. person, I'm going to push them towards this. Yeah, there's one person I mean, in my, my family that doesn't have iOS. Yeah. And they, they feel like they're a complete outsider. Yep, and that's where they get you. That's where it's a style brand, and 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 they have these little things, and they they, they have you locked in. Just like now, they have things that have your iPhone talk to your Mac, and now it's like, well, do I really have to use Pages? I don't want to use Pages. You know, I just keep using Google Drive, and I'm still gonna have a mixed bag of the Google things and the and and, and the Apple things. Um, but it still just it still definitely makes you consider it a little more, a bit more too. Hey, Chrome just finally went I mean, 64-bit on Windows today. I heard about that. <laughs> Call me when wait, there's wait, a Mac wait, version. Wait, wait. Yeah, they released, they finally, not for Mac, just for Windows. No, they've been 64-bit on Windows forever. That's not what the article They've been 64-bit Chrome. Are they really, wait, they're really touting this? Yeah. They're really, I thought it was 60, I thought it's been 64 bit on Windows for a long time. No. While many operating systems made the jump to 64 bit code a while ago, Google's Chrome browser is still stuck in a 32 bit world, misses out on much of what newer, newer computers can offer. Today, though, it's moving to a modern era. Google has released test versions of 64 bit Chrome for Windows 7 and 8. Test versions? Wow. The upgrade lets the app take advantage of new processors and their instruction sets, delivering about 25% speed boost for media-intensive pages. It also lets software use newer security safeguards to minimize exploits. Can we, can we actually, can, can I actually say the reason why Google got a kick in the pants here on this? Java 7. Java 7 64-bit only. That's the only reason we're working on it for the, for the Mac right now. There's two, there's one main issue and it's being blocked by two others right now. I follow the development chains for the 64-bit version of the Mac because I want it because I'm I'm using Firefox right now because mm -hmm. I want I don't like Safari. Safari kind of breaks on things, and Chrome doesn't do much better, but I like Chrome better. It's faster. 
been for, like I've been using Firefox for the last I don't know probably six months, and it's actually pretty nice. I, I really um, like Firefox, and the only time I use Chrome is for this show. And it's like, and it sucks. I, I actually sent this. I, I tweeted this the other day. I took a screenshot of all of the things running on my Mac, and every one of them is 32 bit. And they are literally the only 32 bit things running on my Mac. The only things. Everything else is 64 bit. And it's, it's like Google. You're supposed to be the future company, not the like five years ago company. Like, get your development stuff together. Come on. It's just weird to me that that's the case. But um, so let's get back to fun talk. Yeah, yeah. So iOS eight. I want, well, let's touch on some more of the iOS eight stuff. Some uh, they glanced over Siri. Uh, the uh, Hey Siri is gonna is gonna activate it and everything. Which requires it requires my device to be plugged in to use. What? So I'm that's interested. Um, in, yep. And I'm sure that's a beta one type thing. Probably. And maybe it, and here. But wait a minute. Maybe you need an iPhone six. Maybe they're going to do something with battery or some additional, like they did with the M7 processor, another chip. Okay. But right, like the iPad, I have it on, but it says in fine print under, you can turn that on or off the Hey Siri. Yeah. But it says right under there, this the device must be plugged in to use this feature. Weird. Weird. So, which isn't yeah. bad. I mean, yeah. even at my desk or in your car, mm-hmm. it can be plugged in. Shazam integration uh, with Siri, uh, independent exposure, focus control, and camera app. Uh, what, what you posted here, AJ. Uh, new access zoom features, grayscale, time-lapse video, self-timer in the camera app, uh, battery usage percentage per app, which we, we've already had at the, the latest uh, OS X, I've noticed. Yes. Um, it actually works on my yeah. new laptop. Uh, didn't on the old one. Uh, auto-delete messages, the false to keep forever, but offers 30 days in one year. That's handy. They're adding panoramic to the iPad. You. Nice. Didn't know that we didn't have that. What was that, AJ? The uh, the big one on top is the location-based quick access to apps. I think that's really really awesome. So, let's say you walk into a uh, oh, I don't want to use the, the the term the green the green uh, lady logo coffee company. I'm inside <laughs> of Dunkin' Donuts right now. I feel weird saying the other one, but that's all right. Starbucks. Starbucks. You Starbucks. Walk into, if you're near a Starbucks. It actually shows the logo in the bottom left corner of the screen. You swipe up, and it gives you access to the Starbucks card so you can pay without having to unlock your phone or anything like that. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, if you don't have the app, it takes you into the app store. Huh. I, there, was a, there was the Starbucks one, and there was, there was two. Costco the and the Apple right? Store. If you, go, if you go to the Apple Store, that will also pop up, and you can use the Pay Now feature type thing. Is this an iBeacon um, thing? And and at the very bottom here, there's updates not from last night. It appears Apple will also suggest apps that are not installed when you visit certain locations. For example, a Twitter user who did not have the Costco app installed had a Costco app icon pop up while at Costco, which took him to the App Store where he could download the app. And he was not able to access the rest of the App Store after tapping the icon. Only that Costco app was available. So effectively, they're going to be able to advertise apps to your screen based on your location, which uh, I'm not really sure I like that, but I appreciate the concept. Um, I like it. So like for me, having the US Air app when I go to the airport would be nice. Um, The ability to, by the way, Passbook is super, super useful. And if you you think it's stupid, well, you're wrong. 
you just are. It's really nice to have, and I wish more places would allow mobile boarding passes. But anyway, it, it's passbook um, is cross-platform. It's it really yeah. it, well. It's nice when the it's file. nice when you finally come across something and it says, "Oh, hey, you can ask your passbook." It's like, "Oh, yeah, sure, why not?" And it's been it's been really fun. It's been good to use. Every sun, every time I fly, I get mobile boarding passes when I go through Pittsburgh's airport because they have it. And so I just hit the, I put it on my phone and it pops up and there's a little thing and it says, you know, U.S. Air Flight at 6.09 p.m. And you swipe across and I have a passcode on my phone and it, it skips the passcode and goes just into the ticket. Huh. And the ticket has in big letters like where I'm going and a big barcode. And I just hold my phone over the scanner thing and it beats through just as if I was carrying the paper. I wish they would auto delete after a day or something like that. That would be really nice. But yeah, I can dream. Yeah, so I have like five or six tickets, plane tickets in my passbook that I need to, to, to delete because I get lazy because I forget about it after I've flown. Yeah, I've had um, some similar. Like, like they yeah, sent, that, they sent me like a Chipotle coupon and and let me add it to my passbook, and it's still there that I redeemed like a month ago. You know. Ugh. Um. Can I can I talk about Craig Federighi? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so that, yeah, I have this 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 post here. I was going to ask you about this in here. Uh, it was like why I love Craig Federighi the the keynote. Listen, I, I, Tim Tim Cook is a great CEO. The problem is is that Tim Cook has the CEO has the charisma right now of like two percent milk. It's just it's there and it's, it's different than water. But it's not much different than water. Craig Federighi is like a a, a, a fine wine, really. Uh, it's a he brings actual he brings comedy, he brings character, he bring he sounds like he cares deeply. Tim is just like, yeah, check out these numbers, and I'm like, I don't care. And I I like when he's saying, you know, they they did 75 billion apps or whatever have been downloaded, and I'm like, that's fantastic. Craig, come out here, tell me jokes show me fancy things that I'm going to enjoy soon. Like, he came out and he's had multiple jokes. Like, when they announced metal, I don't know, like, he threw the horns. Yeah. Like, he threw full metal horns when they announced that. He's like, we're announcing metal. And he threw the horns real quick and he got people. Like, he's he's the guy who's been taking improv classes for the last 10 years and is finally getting a stage big enough to show them off. It's amazing. And uh, I could, like, he, there's a reason why he did all of the announcements like they took away phil schiller you know phil schiller didn't show up yesterday like but isn't he a hardware guy um no he's in charge of marketing oh okay the the heart the actual guys in charge of like johnny ive and bob mansfield are the two guys who are really like in charge of hardware and design and they never come out on stage ever ever because they have Phil Schiller and Steve Jobs to do all that. Well, Phil wasn't there at all yesterday, and Steve Jobs obviously passed on. And now Craig Federighi is out there, and he's talking that talk, and it's amazing. He's, he was cracking jokes multiple times, and he throws in things like when he was when he had uh, when they were doing like the Game Center announcement last year, and he was talking about like he his name on Game Center was like Hair Band or something like that. He recognized Hair he Force One. Was hair. Hair Force One. Hair. No, it's Hair. It was Air Force One, and then uh, I think he was sending a text message about karaoke, and he was like, "Yeah, we got to get the hair band together or something like that." And it's just he makes me care because anybody can go out there. Like, notice the guy who came out did the Swift demo. 
was like nervous and I felt bad for him, even though he, he did a nice job, I felt really bad for him. And it, like, then Craig comes out and he's like, check this crap out. And it's like, yeah, yeah, Craig, I, would, I do want to check that crap out. So Craig Federighi for all product demos ever. Um, what did you think about keyboards? He used to work for Google. Um, he left, but he used to do the Android demonstrations. I liked him too. I can't remember his name now. Was that Chiller? What did you think about the, the, the announcement for third-party keyboards? Actually, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. But we'll also, notice the privacy talk they had, mm -hmm. which, which is a big, like, you know, again, yeah. we didn't even touch on the uh, uh, hot hell stew of, <laughs> uh, of Android malware situation. Um, but there's a lot of privacy talk throughout this, comp this, this uh, announcement, including the keyboard. They say we're going to do predictive words on the keyboard, but it's not going to a server. And then later they came back and said, we're going to do third party keyboards, including Swipe uh, or Swift Key or what is that? Yeah, Swift Key is what they call the show. And it will do the same. It'll do all these other things. But they were very explicit. You have to let it agree that you're going to send stuff to the service. So they're really pushing that privacy angle. Mm -hmm. I, I think it was just, uh, okay, yeah. we're tired of people complaining. Yeah. So let's figure out how to do this, but do it in a secure manner. Yeah, and this is, and again, this is this kind of comes back to um, what you have in the we like go all. Let's go back to iOS three when they brought out copy and paste, and everybody's like, "Why wasn't there copy and paste from the beginning? Why can't you copy and paste?" And it took like Apple likes to come out with the right way to do it. And I'm sure that they could have just opened up keyboards, like in iOS 4 or whatever, and said, yeah, you can have third-party keyboards, who cares? Like, right after Google came out with it, and they said, no, we don't want to do that. We want to make our keyboard really good. And then when they, when people kept asking, kept asking, kept asking, they said, all right, well, here's some low-hanging fruit that'll get people excited. Here's a third-party keyboard. Um, but you're only going to keep, we're going to keep everything on the phone. All learning has to happen on the phone. And it makes sense. The phones are the phones are powerful enough now to pull that off with ease. So it's just a, it's those sort of things that come around, like Touch ID, and now Touch ID has an API that developers can use. Not because they couldn't have done it last year, but because they want to make sure that the actual users can take it, that the user's data is secure, and yeah. coming with the right way to do it. That's why I'm never mad when Apple, like, comes out with something and everybody's like, well, why didn't they do it last year? I was like, because they probably wanted to do it, but they couldn't figure out a good way to do it. So they took another year and got it right. Yeah, and I noticed, that, I noticed that with Touch ID. Fiddle like, farting like, around and coming out with three different ways to do it. We kind of had that Siri like, oh, here's Siri, and it only does a couple things, and it's all internal. Now we're going to open it up a little bit more. We're going to open it up a little bit more. Now it opens apps, for instance. It'll turn uh, off your lights. It'll turn off your lights this year. Uh, all kinds of stuff like that. Like they're, they're opening that up a bit. And then again with the Touch ID, now they're like, okay, we've had a year. We've worked through the problems. We've done some updates. We're make sure it's good. With this installed base of everybody that bought the high-end iPhone this year, in the last, uh, what, eight months, maybe? So we have eight months yeah. of that. We're feel confident, about, <clears throat> confident enough about that. We can say, hey, we're going to put more extension to it in the next one. Um, you know, talk about that well, idea I'm, of... I'm wondering if... I'm, wait, I'm wondering if, like, the iPhone 6 announcement would have the... Or whatever you want to call it. I don't know, 5S Plus, or I don't know. But whatever they come out with that... Is that when they announce things like 
Siri running locally because Siri is still right yeah. now, even yeah. with iOS 8 on 5S, still goes out to Siri servers because Siri is not Apple's. Apple does not own Siri. They license that. It's not theirs. Well, though, they own, Which, they I, own I, Siri, but they, they license... Did, did they, they, no, they license... They, no, the, the Siri request go, goes back to the Apple knock. It doesn't, it doesn't leave the Apple premise. Okay. Yeah. But they license right. the, the speech recognition technology is licensed yes. from Nuance. Yes. Nuance. Yeah, it's yeah. Nuance. So they, you, everything has to go out, which means that if they wanted to put something on the phone, they have to then license it to the phones, which is, I'm sure, a different, a different business deal that they have to make. Um, putting it on the phone would require a good bit of power. Like if you notice, the dictation dictionary for OS X to run everything locally is like almost a gig of data. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine it's any lower for iOS, and Apple is traditionally trying to keep iOS as small as possible because they want to be able to sell things like 8 gig iPhone. Now imagine, you know, 12 to 15% of your phone is eaten up by the OS and dictation stuff, and you're probably gonna be pretty salty about the amount of storage you have. Um, might not be as bad now with iCloud Drive, but still. And, and maybe it'll be um, maybe it'll be like, much like Mac OS, where it's optional. Like for for right now in our in our internal apps right. that we develop in the enterprise, where we actually disable the ability to use Siri dictation because we don't want that data because going out and being leaving. stored on Apple servers. Because when you if you try to get into a security uh, conversation with Apple about it. They, kind of, they give you a little bit of the, the typical Apple runaround of, yes, it's secure, yes, it's encrypted, here's the encryption algorithm. We don't have the ability to track who the message came from. We, don't, we can't link um, messages together, but that's all we're going to tell you. And they will not give you any real additional information around how that works. At least enough to make you confident enough to yeah. use it in a, in a business setting. One, one of the questions we had was, well, how long do you keep that data? And we can't tell you that. Hmm. It's much like if, if, you, if you issue a wipe to your device from, like, Find My iPhone, how, if, if that device is sitting powered off, how long does that sit on their system until your device comes back on before they trash the request. Yeah. Because they're not going to keep it forever, but they won't give you that number either. Huh. And this is interesting. This just in. iOS 8 WebKit changes to finally allow all apps to have the same performance as Safari, which this will be a major oh. game changer for Chrome. Because now Chrome is going to have... Oh. It's going to have on par performance oh and anything html5 based yeah one of the big complaints with html5 right was uh my 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 app won't run as fast as even it would in the safari browser because i don't have uh, what is it the javascript i think it's like the nitro library or something like that mm -hmm. now yeah, everything's gonna have access to that but it's still my Chrome browser is going to be basically a skinned Safari browser. But it'll be just fast. But it'll be at least as good as the, the optimized Safari is on there. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're getting closer. I mean, I, I was really impressed over the last year how uh, apps will kind of see each other and like cross. Like if I'm in a Google app, it will go to another Google app when I want to go to Maps. Mm -hmm. You know, etc. Um, they're just using that by the URL thing. So you can assign, you can, like, HTTP still, it, is it, obviously a web request. 
you can assign those requests names to apps. But I don't notice. It just yeah. looks like it knows how to handshake and it opens up the other app and I'm happy as a user. So um, I, I, I like that that ability has, has, has been kind of built in. Um, so uh, some other things we mentioned, home automation, uh, the health kit will be interesting. Not so interested in the uh, I'm not. I'm not near as interested in the health kit as I am the the, the home kit. I, I I was a little bummed to see that Wemo wasn't up on the name list up there. But you never um, know. Like you don't know how this is going to interface. Like right. Well, and it's it's a it right. It anyone can build their hardware to their standard. It's much like the controllers, the Bluetooth gaming controllers that were built. If you you get a license for MFI, you're good to go. So and and I'm a lot. I'm sure a lot of the existing hardware will also be through a firmware patch it will now work but the whole concept of me pulling into my garage and my back porch light comes on to me is uh, right now i have like a crazy setup where it's an infrared sensor that can sense uh, infrared and light and dark and then it, it it actually gives an rf signal relay to a dispatch device inside the the light switch that then turns on the light switch and then relays to another light across the room through the power line. So by the mere fact that I show up location-based or I say, Siri, I'm home or something like that, and my lights come on and certain things of that nature, that to me, it's a big deal. So instead of saying, hey, honey, I'm home, you say, hey, Siri, I'm home, and your lights turn on. Right. Or the good night Siri. Or the good night Siri, and you know, your doors lock, your, your lights, and the way I look at this, good night Siri, it shouldn't be everything shutting off. It's good night Siri, and in my mind, and I've started to write scripts and code to handle this via Bluetooth around my house with a Bluetooth headset. Um, good night should be a path lit from the majority of the main room in your house. The path gets lit to your bedroom, and then everything else shuts down. So then it's kind of like good night, like you're getting ready for bed, and then like lights out or some other command brings everything. Well, whatever else down. this is, something's going to be programmable by you, right? Like you say this, so you can say like like ready for bed and then good night, right? Like I, I would I would say um, that's exciting. That that that's fun. Uh, the, other, the other thing we mentioned uh, briefly the metal d demo. Um, they showed off Zen Garden, which is, you know, kind of reminds me of the old, uh, Epic Citadel we had when Unreal Engine first came to, like, iPads. Uh, this was a nice demo. And they kept saying console-level graphics. And they definitely look at it demo-wise and everything on here. I mean, this is stuff we already have in our hand. They're showing an iPad, uh, for this demo. Uh, and this is the same engine from the console. They yeah. brought the engine over. Yeah. So it's not like they had to do anything magical. This is the Unreal Engine, right. whatever the latest version of it is. Um, and you can see the same thing like Epic Citadel, like there's those touch points or your played Infinity Blade. And then he's, he's moving his fingers over this blossom tree and moving hundreds probably of, uh, of, of, of petals. And I think at a certain point he'll turn into butterflies. Um, Really impressive. Mm -hmm. Really impressive. Now there's fish in the pond, um, and you can slide your finger. I, you know, I'm a sucker for water effects, um, and the fish follow them. I, I'm, I'm excited to see when this hits Apple TV. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, 
like, can, can we can we all talk? Can we all be really honest with ourselves here? Apple has a game console ready to go, and they won't pull the trigger. Can you imagine like Sony having like a PlayStation Four sitting in your living room and not selling games for it? Well, like, it doesn't make sense. Well, Apple, get your life together. But if they if they just they, they can't just they can't just turn that on. I don't feel for the current generation of Apple TVs because they're not no. going to be powerful enough. No, what is that I, hardware? I will be first in line for the next one. Okay. Okay. Hey. I mean, think about it. Well, that and then one of the Got things it. they I I think they're prepping towards it because one of the things they announced too behind kind of a closed door meeting today was iOS turns the iPhone into the ultimate game controller for iPad, Mac, and Game and Game Center hits 130 million active users. And what they're saying is... Yeah, that was in a session today. If you have a, an MFI controller, like the ones from Logitech, and, and there's a couple other ones, that, that either plug into the device, and I think they can also be Bluetooth, um, you can obviously use it to control your phone. Well, things like the Logitech device that wraps around the phone... You can actually now build an app that knows that Logitech's plugged in and gives you other buttons and, and features and control and entry points on the touchscreen to then use it to control the iPad and the, and the Mac. And I'm sure bringing that over to the Apple TV is not going to be real hard. And let's face it, I, so the, the complete processing power and everything that's in your iPad is now in your phone. So now they could make an Apple TV that is thinner and smaller than your phone. If all they did was an, a power and an HDMI port, mini HDMI to, to, to the regular HDMI, I mean, you could get that device down pretty small. You know, at a certain point, why do we need to put that hardware under our TV? Why don't they just put something uh, that's, hey, you've got the phone already, put a little receiver under your TV, and you're good to go. Well, that's what they're doing. So that's what that's what the theory of CarPlay is. Mm -hmm. CarPlay is a dumb, not terminal, but like a screen scrape and, and a bunch of information being pumped through the like, iOS This is device. your brain. I mean, this, right. this is your brain. It already does this. It's already going to be able to do this Zen Garden thing. So that gives you one less piece. I mean, I, I, I guess at the Apple being Apple, they'll sell the, the best thing possible that they can get the money for. Uh, but I feel like they're not going to sell this level of hardware for a hundred bucks Apple TV. It, it, maybe you don't have as many but, things. But you what do you? Radios. All you all you need. All you don't need the M7 chip because you're not doing motion. That's true. You don't need the battery. You don't need the screen. Yeah. So the most expensive parts of the phone, and you don't need the cell chip, or out the window. And then, you need and the, then the, how does this compare? Is, is this is yeah? It's doing good stuff on the iPad. Uh, but when you blow that up to a 42-inch screen, is it still going to look as good as my Xbox 360 or Xbox One? Or is it going to be, uh, it looks good enough, you know, kind of like a, uh, uh, an Ouya or, or something, one of these I think, Android guys. I think you're going to get the, the, so first of all, your iPad is twice the resolution of what your TV screen can even display. Okay, okay. <laughs> so to say that, I think you're... Maybe it will, won't look as crisp as the iPad, but it's because of your TV, not because of what device it's on. And that's exactly why Apple needs their 4K displays. Right. Well, everybody needs 4K displays. While you're at, you know, just buy, just jump to 8K. 
But uh, no, I think they could get that into a unit. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you say Netflix on the Chromecast looks horrible because the processor no. ain't, isn't that great? No. I no, mean, no. Well, you don't need much for video. Right. Like, you need a lot more for games. But, but the A7 can handle that. Yeah. So that's I mean, where the, I'm... The, I mean, the... Like, think about it this way. The current Apple iPhone, the, the current Apple TV, is a dual-core A5. So it's which is technically the same TV. chip that's in an, in an iPod Touch right now. They're still on the A5. And the one that I have, the third-gen, the original third-gen, actually, there's a very... I think it was like a year ago now. Um, they unlocked the second core. So right now, my Apple TV is a single-core A5. And now the is the A7 quad. I can't. I think it's only dual. I it's, think it's still only dual. The core. thing is still only dual, but it's 64 uh, bit. Right. It's 60. It's a 64 bit. They can put an A7 with 802.11ac and Wi-Fi into a box for under 100 bucks. Easy. Think about it. They're going to sell the iPhone 5, or they're going to sell the iPhone 5s as next year's like $100 phone, which means it's a $550 piece, and that includes or, the screen and the and the battery, like we talked about earlier. Or maybe it'll have fancy new plastic colors again, like the C. <laughs> right. I mean, the the big thing for me is like, yes, could my phone be my receiver? Yeah. I mean, that's how the Chromecast system works, but. What I want is a device that sits there that I don't need to worry about whether or not I have enough battery to show a TV show. That's true. That's like true. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, CBS. Like CBS, the CBS app. I have to mirror my screen in order to get air in order to watch a show from the CBS app on my television. That's terrible. And this oh. is why I'm. But this is why I'm actually getting. I actually just bought a HD TV antenna, so I can just go back to the old DVR system. But I'm going to record them on my desktop and then stream them over my Apple TV. I don't want third party. I don't want like an outside option mirroring things just so I can watch shows. I don't yeah. want that. Yeah, and I, that's, that's I hate that. I think it's the device. dumbest thing ever. If I'm going to, if you can stream it to my phone, you can stream it to my Apple TV. Come on. That's where I think Chromecast, um, like, I, I pulled it off the TV. I had it on for, like, a week. That's where I think Chromecast, if, if they were wise, I mean, they have a huge back end to work with. Build a web-based interface that allows me to somehow navigate in some manner. You want a web browser. Where I don't, I don't care if it's a web browser. I don't care if it's a Netflix icon, like the Apple TV. Give me a Netflix icon, the couple icons that connect to back end web services. And then I don't I don't have to have additional devices to kick this device off. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's it's that's the sort of thing that I that I want. And it's not it's not a lack of the iPhone not being able to do it. It's the fact that well, I would like one I'd like to use my phone for other things while I'm watching TV. And two, I don't want to have to make sure that my phone has like seventy percent battery life so I can watch a one hour TV show. Those are the sorts of things that are out. That that's that's where that problem comes in. And I know the Chromecast kind of gets around it by having, you know, you can send your, uh, you know, you tell the Chromecast to go get something. But I still have to have my phone on and able to tell the Chromecast to go do it. Um, I'm really interested to see what they do with the Apple TV. I think the Apple TV is is right at that moment where they could do something. 
they come out with an A7, they come out with an A7 or even A8 Apple TV, turn it into a game console where developers have at it, game over. Like, I, I'm done. It'll be Nintendo Amazon all over. Amazon will come out man. with an instant video. Oh. Amazon Nintendo. will come out with an instant I mean, they'll co- Amazon will come out with an instant video app almost immediately because they want to be on it because they want people to buy Prime to yeah. get the videos. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they'd have one on there. They would have, I mean, Google. I could see Google coming out with a Google Play uh, app for for uh, the Apple TV because they want people to buy their movie. I, I mean, it's not it's not likely going to happen, but I could see them doing it. Um, Redbox. I mean, you start to get into the um, and the the other thing here is the fact that because the Apple TV is running iOS on the bottom, it's a simple port. For a lot of the for a lot of the companies to have iOS apps, it's just a matter of making of changing the interface from the iOS app to a like Apple TV interface, and even then, you may be able to continue to use your existing app already when I, I with think, minimal changes, kind of like how you have a, a universal app between the iPhone and the iPad. I, I think that's why the the SDK had now has a freeform screen size option. So it used to be in the SDK when you developed something, you could pick the iPad, the, the non-Retina iPad. You could pick the the iP- the Retina iPads. You could pick the iPhone, the five the five five S, um, with that form factor. All of a sudden, instead of giving a bunch of preset resolutions, now all of a sudden there's a free form resolution, and I don't think that's just for a bigger iPhone six. I think that's precursor into Apple TV. Well, on that note, guys, so we talked a lot of Apple. Everybody else is going to hate us. Sorry, Kraus. Uh, <laughs> Chachi left. Chachi's been gone for a while. Uh, so, uh, again, AJ is at AJ Kupfig on the, on the uh, Twitters. I am. At Chilla for the John Chilla on the Twitter. That's me. I'm at Sorgatron, and of course, uh, we're here live Tuesdays, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, live.circuitronmedia.com uh, Twitter, at AwesomeCast Find us on Facebook and Google Plus uh, We're also on iTunes Not Blip TV and Roku Blip TV I'll, I'll, to, I'll touch on this real quick uh, Blip TV sends me a notice Hey, we're deleting all your stuff uh, But please go upload it to YouTube And sign up for Maker uh, To help you with your videos uh, Maker Studio the, yeah, they make, maker bought them. Yeah, so maker bought Blip TV and are pretty much shuttering them, I guess, uh, hmm. for the most part. Uh, I know they had stopped a lot of their open videos, like a lot, like they started limiting like a lot of programming they didn't deem fit for okay. for it, and I guess it's completely getting shuttered. Hmm. Uh, so. As things do on the internet. Um, I see you got a couple things in the announcements. Key 3 next week, of course. We'll talk about it over to Insert Coin to begin. Well, I think that I, I'll be interested to see what some of the PlayStation and potential Xbox announcements are outside of the gaming realm. Yeah. I think you, as we, as we kind of talked about the Apple TV, I think you're seeing all these devices start to converge. There's also been a big up backlash at how much TV they talked with Xbox last year. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to see a little bit of reaction to that, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, say Google I.O. June 25th. I can't wait to see their reaction to uh, some of the comments uh, at the Apple keynote. So, 
I look forward to that. Uh, so with that, uh, thanks to our awesome chat room. It's been up and all night. There's a fine video of there. It's in there of uh, Steve Ballmer, I see. Uh, and uh, with that, you've been our awesome audience. Have an awesome week. Yeah, you know.